Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Episode 80 of Outlander Cast is brought to you by MinuteWithMary.com. It's a new website that we've got going on where I'm going to be selling makeup because I am doing all sorts of makeup looks based upon, you've guessed it, Outlander. Okay, you can check it out at MinuteWithMary.com. Goodbye, Claire. I have lied, killed, and broken trust. But when I stand before God, I'll have one thing to say to weigh against all the rest. Lord, you gave me a rare woman. God, I loved her well. I'll find you. Clear! I promise. All the way from Cranston, Rhode Island, welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. And welcome, I'm your host, Mary Larson. My name's Blake, and I wish I were a little bit happier with oh. the, the teaser. I wish uh, I were a little bit happier. With you it. should just be happy you have anything. That's true. I I, I will admit I'm that I... am a glass half full, in case you guys <laughs> don't know. <laughs> That's why she's the better half of us. It's like when we got the announcement that it might be coming out in September. I was like, yay! And people were like, Mary, that's forever. And I'm like, but at least it's coming this year. <laughs> and it may not. But we'll get to that maybe in another episode. <laughs> Damn you, writer's strike. I'm just teasing it out there. We may have a writer's strike. That's po- It's possible. Okay. It, it is certainly possible. But, okay. you know, instead of getting negative, and I, and I don't want to do that. I don't want you to be negative being, either. Being negative is is not what I want to do here because I am positive. I am happy about the fact that we do have Outlander at hand. Uh, but I think the point of this episode is to you know talk about what we saw and also, in my eyes, talk about the reason for teasers and the whole point behind the practice of teasers. And now we're actually getting to the point in the Hollywood world where we're having teasers for trailers now. Yeah. You know, like they'll say, okay, the trailer comes out tomorrow and, and <laughs> but they'll have a teaser for that trailer. Right. And uh, that to me uh, is, is good, mm-hmm. but bad in the sense because it sets expectations, I think for serious fans, you know, fans like you and I, or the people who are listening to our voice right now. Yeah. These people, these people, us, us nerds, we take it seriously, man. We want to make sure that we get, what we expect, but also what the the best is that these studios have to offer. 
And the reason why I'm not as excited about this trailer is because I don't think it's the best that Sony or Tall Ships has to offer. Do you know what I mean? You're just so negative. I'm not negative. You totally are. So, are, well, you know what? What do you mean it's not the best they have to offer? Well, you know what? Let's 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 talk about positive things first, please. And then we're going to talk um, about perhaps something that maybe uh, th- we wish that they could have done better. Okay. And then we'll talk about the whole reasoning for trailers and stuff like that. Before so, we do this, though, we need to remind you: if you're a new listener to Outlander Cast, Blake has not read the books. So this episode is spoiler free. Right. I will drop a couple little things here or there. And those of you who are book readers <laughs> will be nodding your heads. If I ever say anything that is interesting, when I say that to Blake, it's just because he makes up theories that may or may not be true. Um, but I have read them. So just know I'm there with you. And we do have an awesome blog post by our um, esteemed Associate editor. <laughs> yes, Janet Reynolds on outlandercastblog.com where she does drop a little more spoilerific discussion. So, uh, okay. So, well, let, let's get into the rest of the episode. Yeah. All right, my love. So, so this is, of course, the teaser. For season three of Outlander, That's based correct. upon the book Voyager, um, it said it's coming out in the fall. So in September. It, no, it said this fall. Oh, it did say this fall. You're right. I yeah. apologize for that. It said this fall. So they haven't picked an actual day. We need to know that. But, but, um, they, but they have announced that it is coming in September. But they just haven't said, oh, well. I mean, they they have announced not in this trailer. I think it's very smart and wise that they said this fall, and I'm just going to put my my bets on that. I I would agree with you. Fall ends December twentieth. And the re- <laughs> <laughs> damn it, <laughs> the reason why I think they're hedging their bets a little bit because uh-huh. even though they've made the announcement that it was coming in September, not in this trailer, I think they're being a little bit more vague because there is an impending writer's strike for the WGA, which is the Writers Guild of America. Now, you would think that Outlander would be safe from a writer's strike. And now, okay, so uh, let's, real quick, the whole point of the WGA mm-hmm. is that it's all the writers from The Hollywood. Writers Guild of America. So just like right. any kind of group of yeah, it's like union. It's, it's like a union like yeah. a teachers union or yeah. a, a, a electrical workers union or um a metalworking union whatever it's a union and it's all the writers in hollywood now there are certain writers that do not uh, that are not part of the wga but most of them if not all especially on outlander are part of the wga now there's a whole bunch of reasons why there may be a strike and we may have an episode in the future if the strike does does go down explaining to you what will happen to Outlander if it's possible. But, so the, the, the details aren't necessarily important, but what is important is if there is a writer's strike, Outlander has a possibility of being delayed. And if it is delayed, then we're going to have a big issue because that means the show cannot come out in, in September, which is why I think they're hedging their bets by saying fall. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think that's what's happening here. Regardless, what we do know is that it will be 13 episodes and it will obviously, of course, be based upon Voyager, the third book in the Outlander series. And 
one thing that the president of programming for stars, Carmi Zlotnik, said, said is, while Droughtlander will last just a little longer, we feel it is important to allow the production the time and number of episodes needed to tell the story of Voyager yes. book in its entirety. The scale of this book is immense, and we owe the fans the very best show and yes. Car- Carmi did say it's returning in September will make that possible so we're getting some mixed messages here some well they have to give uh, they have to now be careful because of the potential of the writer strike I think if in a couple of days when we know if there is not a writer strike then maybe they'll all be coming and screaming from the rooftop September yeah, they may <laughs> maybe they'll give, give us a date, date. Yeah, exactly that's what I'm thinking well, they just need to be careful so okay um, well before we get into the analysis of the trailer Right. That's Let's, why I'm here. I, I, That's I what I'm here for, Blake. <laughs> why don't we read the synopsis of season three that we have been given from stars? Okay. So the story is going to pick up right after Claire travels through the stones to return to her life in 1948. She's now pregnant, of course, with Jamie's child and struggles with the fallout of her sudden reappearance and its effect on her marriage to her first husband, Frank. Meanwhile, in the 18th century, okay, we've got the two timelines going at the same time, guys. Jamie suffers from the aftermath of his doomed last stand at the historic Battle of Culloden, as well as the loss of Claire. As the years pass, years, guys, years pass. Those of you who are not book readers, that's right. Years pass, because remember, <laughs> it's 20 years later and Claire goes back to, uh, to Scotland to go visit Scotland. So a lot of time goes by. As the years pass, Jamie and Claire attempt to make a life apart from one another, each haunted by the memory of their lost love. The budding possibility that Claire can return to Jamie in the past breathes new hope into Claire's heart, as well as doubt. Separated by continents and centuries, Claire and Jamie must, Jamie must find their way back to each other. As always, adversity, mystery, and adventure await them on the path to reunion. That's right. Reunion. <laughs> and the question remains, when they find each other, will they be the same people who parted at the Standing Stones all those years ago? By the way, yeah? I have the best outlandish theory of the week. Okay. I think this might be my most favorite outlandish theory of the week and you're going to get a bonus one today i can't wait to say interesting <clears throat> I, it's going to be awesome all right i'm so excited okay so we're going to go scene by scene in the trailer you good with this yeah i'm, I'm great let's do it is this what you've got rolled up you do have it rolled up look at you okay <laughs> okay so uh, we start off and it's jamie saying goodbye to claire right. his whole beautiful little short monologue that everyone fell in love with right and that hand touching the stone oh my God. you just right. want to cry again in these 30 seconds so um you're just seeing them sad Going away at the stones breaks my flipping heart. Talking about, you know, God gave me a beautiful woman. And, and I loved her and well. And I loved her well. Okay, great. Yes, you did. Okay. And oh, it says this autumn. This autumn. This autumn. <laughs> I feel like it said this fall on a different version that I saw, but this one says this autumn. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Okay. Then, crap tons of dead people. Right. Thank God this isn't The Walking Dead because Jamie would not survive Culloden. <laughs> I tell you what. This shot, snowy shot. It's cold, man. It can be cold in April. It's cold sometimes in Rhode Island in April. You see the people with the torches. I mean, bodies upon bodies of bodies. I can't handle it. And we see Jamie open his eyes, not looking so good. Not in a good shape. And no. this is this is clearly after Culloden. Yeah. This is clearly the, Nighttime. the, the result of, of what is happening. Uh, and he is covered in mud. So, I mean, this is, that's like, 
he could be there with the bodies. And then there, there is something that came on EW, Entertainment Weekly. They actually had Ron Moore speak about this. Uh, and Ron says, it just felt like for the TV show, we've been promising this for a while, and it just felt like we should have something as it relates to Culloden. And we should give the audience some sense of what happened on that more, which yeah. I think is an absolutely right choice. You're, they're probably going to open up. They're probably going to open up the season in two different ways. One, which is they're just going to have Claire living her life, doing her thing uh, in uh, the 1940s, or they're going to open up with a battle. Now, if it were me, mm-hmm. I'm opening up with the battle. I hope they open with Culloden. I, I do too. I think just to grab our attention, if if someone's a brand new, ooh, what's this show? I feel right. like Culloden would just captivate you. Um, that's, I mean, people see battle scenes, but this is like Highlanders going to war. You don't see that in a lot of battle scenes, right? And and the fact that you get to open up your your season with a huge punch, the mm-hmm. way that you could with that, given how you ended it a little bit, yeah. Um, it was it, I. I really loved the episode, but in terms of the penultimate episode and the way that it ended, it kind of ended in a sputter for me a little bit. So I would love to see them come in with a real punch and then kick the season off mm-hmm. really well, and then build from that moment, build from the moment of Jamie, and uh, and uh, and who I imagine would be fighting him, which is Black Jack Randall. Oh, I imagine Black Jack Randall will be there. And I imagine that it's probably not going to end well for BJR. <laughs> That's just my opinion. Interesting. So, so imagine starting that episode, the, the, I, the season off. I'm telling with, you, that's what I want. I want to start with Culloden. Right. I think I that's the way that they should do it. In the 60s, I don't or want to, yeah, I don't want to do it because you, because you ended season two in in the 60s, and yeah, it, it's good to get a an, an idea of where you are for Claire, but you can do that after establishing what happens in Culloden. Let's be real. Scotland is gorgeous. Right. I mean, Boston. Boston's all right. Hey, hey, you hey, know, hey, hey. Whoa, we're here. Out. We're in this neck of the woods. But if we could open up, like, I would love a beautiful shot around Scotland and then cutting to seeing the chaos. You know what I mean? Like make us fall in love with Scotland for two seconds again and then see what's about to happen. That's what I would love. Or what I would like to see is like this beautiful shot, uh, you know, on like the Scottish horizon over Mm -hmm. over the highlands Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden they start panning back and then you see this big battle scene. Yeah, exactly. Like that would be freaking awesome. We did get a gorgeous shot of Scotland yes, in the teaser and of course... It looks like Lallybrock it to does, me. It does, it does. You know, just once again to remind you, the beauty. The beauty of where Claire used to call home. Yep. Um, very, very short while you were there. And then we got Jamie dressed up very finely, yep. riding a horse. Looking a tad older in, in this scene, yeah, uh, I in my I in could my barely opinion. see his face in that one. I, I How do you tell he's older? He's he in just a shadow. He look, looks a little bit more haggard. I'm not going to lie. That's the way that it felt to me. Oh, my God. Blake, he's, he's like literally black Listen, because it's a shadow. Maybe I'm looking for something, anything to make the <laughs> man not perfect. To show that he's aged? Okay. Yeah, I know. Listen, and then the next shot. This is what I want to open. Favorite shot. Yes, the picture, the shot of Jamie. It looks like it's you know the the sky is gray. We don't know what time of day it is. Everyone is fighting. You see the the redcoats. You see the Highlanders, and he's just glancing like, oh man. This this looks great, and this to me is when I feel like he sees Black Jack Randall on the battlefield, Ooh. and he looks over and he sees him. And he's like, oh dude, that's it. I just lost my girl. I seen her disappear into these rocks. 
and I've now had this it This is the you. next day. How crazy is that? This is the next day after saying goodbye. Right. Like what? He's had a bad 24 hours. <laughs> and the other thing I like he about this He had a bad too, day. He thing, needs that song. The other thing I like about this too is that the coloring mm-hmm. is, it's exaggerated. And do you remember the movie Alexander? Yes. The one that I made you watch with Colin Farrell about God. Alexander the Great? How could I forget that there's, one? There's a point at the end of the movie when there's a big battle and Oliver Stone, the director, chose when Alexander got hurt in the battle to heighten all the colors, like make everything bright white and bright red and bright orange and like just to exemplify and capture the emotion and the density and the injury of that time. And that is the same feeling I got from this shot. Now, mm-hmm. it might just be the coloring of the trailer, although I doubt it because everything else looks color corrected for yeah. the rest of the trailer. So if they were to choose to do something like this to make it a lot more vibrant. Cinematic, I would call c- yeah, it. G- given given the, the nature of what's happening in this frame, if they shoot the whole battle like that. And you also have... Um, this to compare to Preston Pans. Preston Pans was very foggy. It yep. was very dense. It was very gray. blurry, gray, blue. And this is the exact opposite. Very defined, very high color, warm, red temperatures. To is to uh, make both of them that separate yeah. is a really smart choice. I want this in the first five minutes. I want to see this shot. And I'll tell you why. I mean, it is. It's gorgeous. We're all going to be looking forward to this shot in the first episode, of course. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Okay, let's be real. Sam Hewen is stunning. And in the shot, he's, he is. And yes, in the shot, he's stunning. And I just keep thinking about all of the people who have not yet watched Outlander. Mm-hmm. And how can they grab them in a season three you know, premiere that makes them say, oh my God, what have I been missing? Right. And this shot right here with him gazing off you know, this is the money shot. To this me. this is the money shot, and I want it in the first five ten minutes. So if somebody is new, or if someone had doubts after season two, mm-hmm. you know, because season two was rough on some people, sure, um, on, on multiple levels. By yeah, the way, yeah, I think I I want this. I want you to pull at my heart. I want it to be cinematic. I want it to blow my socks off. And this, I agree with you. This is my favorite shot of this teaser. And the other thing you cannot look past is the fact that it comes at about 15 to 16 seconds into the trailer which is the exact halfway point of the trailer Mm -hmm. that is the that is the culmination of what they're trying to give you in terms of look what's going to happen this is what we've built up to and now after this is when they start ratcheting down the rest of the shots you start seeing other random shots Mm -hmm. Um, start to appear. Like the next one is Claire just sitting oh with a brooch. Oh my gosh, Claire with all of her doctor medical uh, comrades with her brooch. That brooch is, is pretty. It looks like a little flower. It does. And a little the, gold flower. And the coloring obviously is a lot died down again. Yes. It's it's rained back in. She looks like she's staring off into mm-hmm. something. She's watching something. Now we see Joe Abernathy, who you don't know, but you've heard his name because he's been announced as a new cast member. We see him yes. in the, the bottom right-hand corner. So, so obviously he is part of what is happening in the future with Claire. Yeah. And it looks like she may be staring off into something. Something tells me that she might be watching TV. And if given the time, it sounds like Cuban Missile Crisis to me. Okay. Maybe even, maybe even like if it's if it's that much later, perhaps 
uh, Kennedy's assassinations. Yeah, whatever it is these people are watching is, is shocking them, and it's very sad and frightening. I would think that it would be Cuban Missile Crisis, because you have the duality of the Cuban Missile Crisis along playing with Culloden, Culloden and the fall of the Scottish Highland culture. I mean, you could also see it as the fall of like Bonnie Prince and the fall of JFK, right. another young... Right, you so you, you have her worried about you know, obviously this is years later. Yes. So, but it's, it's in terms of the theme, it's relatively similar. Mm-hmm. Next shot, Brianna. <laughs> okay. Wearing her, wearing her cap and gown, smiling at her parents. Girlfriend has a million dollar smile and Claire and Frank sitting next to each other, beaming. Relatively happy here. Re- I, mean, I, I wouldn't even say relatively. Look at, look at her smile. Yeah. Well, obviously she's proud of her daughter. They're now, so proud. Here's a question. Is this happening this must be happening prior to what we saw in Dragonfly and Amber. Oh right? yeah, this has to be high school graduation. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Good. I just I just want to make sure. I just want of course. Sure. I mean, Frank's alive, right there. Is that yes. what you're saying? Yeah. Yes, Frank is alive. Is, I don't know what you're trying to. Oh yeah, because Frank was dead at yeah. that point. That's right. Okay. <laughs> I, I forgot. I forgot. Okay. And she doesn't have her gray streak. I think the gray streak might be gone this season. I don't know. I'm not sure because they're going to have to get to the point where she actually gets back. And when she gets back, what does that say about the time travel, right? Does does she go back to her former self? Or was she just graying it up to be trendy? <laughs> that was a trend. Uh, People straight up streaked gray hair for trend. Well, listen. Uh, it, Maybe they'll play it I off doubt, that way. I doubt that, that that's going to happen. So, But she has the Jackie O hair. Well, I'll tell you this. If this is Bree's high school graduation mm-hmm. and Claire doesn't have any of that grease streak going on, so what does it say that it, 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 we're showing here that there's going to be at least within the Claire time period, we're going to see an episode. Are, are we going to have a, a, an entire like half season arc or quarter season arc of Claire being in Boston, yes. let's say, and showing her time from where she was when when. Uh, Brie was born. Yep. To when she gets to the stone. I think so. I don't think it's. The, I don't think this is going to be a one episode. We're checking in on Claire. I think we are going to have side by side storylines of what Jamie's been up to and what Claire's been up to because Claire goes through a lot. Yep. A lot, and you need to see um, the pain that she goes through, the relationship that she does have with Brianna, the relationship that she has with Frank, how she is as a mother, right. how she grows. I mean, you saw her; she's a doctor, right? You know, how does she become a doctor? She wasn't a doctor before, right? She has to go through some kind of medical training, yes. And that also said, I mean, she does have medical training from the war, so that does give her a leg up. But she does have to become a doctor. She she graduates from nurse to doctor. There right. has to be something there. What this also says to me, too, is there is going to be uh, the, the timelines are going to run parallel, in my opinion. We're going to start at point X for both time periods, which will be Claire hitting the stone going back. You're going to see Jamie interact in, out, in, in that time in 1745 all the way till X, uh, period Y. And then you'll see Claire time period X from when she goes back, touches the stones and from that point all the way to the same point in time period Y uh, in the, in the future. Do you understand what I'm saying? You confused me a little bit. I'm not so going to lie. You're going to see, you're going <laughs> to, I think the story that you're going to see from both Jamie and Claire, it's going to be running parallel yeah. for the same amount of time. That's what I said. 
Booby trap. <laughs> That's what I just said. I said I know, we're going to be seeing but their I don't, story. I don't think you're going to have a time jump for Jamie. I think you're going to see his life over the same amount of time given. Like the, the stories are going to run parallel. You're not going to okay. see. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. It's not going to be, okay, we're going to see Claire. And then all of a sudden, uh, Jamie's old now. We're going to see his life too running at the same time. So they're going to age appropriately in each episode, you think, together? Yes, I do. Like when it's five years later, it's five years later for both of them. When it's ten years later, that'd be interesting. Now you're, te- now you're talking my language You're just there, talking a little funny, so I had to clarify. <laughs> uh, the next shot, we see who I think is Brianna walking away. Claire looks pretty sad, mm-hmm. and she is holding pearls, which we need to think, of course, are the pearls that Jamie gave her at the wedding from his mother's pearls. Right. And you also see the shot... Of, I mean, the ring that is glistening is Jamie's ring. So it's showing you that she's still... I mean, obviously, she's been wearing that ring now for quite some time. She still really cares about it. it, it Jamie is never going to leave her. Mm-hmm. What do you think of this next shot? We got some I think this some was flowers. such a cop-out shot with the guy touching the... Uh, touching the uh, so you think it's a guy? Um, it looks like a guy's hand to me. Yes, it does. It looks look like, like a dirty hand. A dirty male hand. And the jacket looks a little frayed. Yeah, this to me looks like it's taking place in Scotland, and it's a dirty male hand. If I were to make an argument, it would be Jamie's. Probably the next one is Jamie walking, and it's and probably like after the Battle of Culloden. Maybe he's not looking so good here. He I needs would, to, he his jacket is a little. I'd probably say this old. is like halfway point when he realizes Claire's not coming back, and it's been a long time. It's been a long time since she's been. He, what do you think he's been, been doing? There. He's running Lally Brock. He's doing his thing. And uh, why is he so dirty? Uh, maybe he's farming. Perhaps he just got into a fight. When I saw Jamie farming last, shoveling hay, he did not <laughs> look like this. You guys all know that shot with the kilt. There's a lot of like gifs of him just like but shoveling he, and turning. But he also hadn't lost Claire at that point. The love of his life. Is he wearing black because he's emo? He's, he wishes the sun were as black as his heart. Yes. Yes, that's what I think is happening. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so the next shot is Brianna's birthday. And she is 16th. turning 16. Yeah, we see. Um, this, however, shot pissed me off the most out of all of the shots because Why? this right here is a perfect movie shot. All of the presents are perfectly positioned so that it faces the camera. All of the cards, which who the heck puts birthday cards in front of their dining room seat? You guys have to look at the shot. Okay, it's a three-person table. There is no chair in front of us they're all on the same side so they have three chairs not four at this house you know you buy it in a set of three you have frank standing next to brianna claire's on the other side i think it's interesting that of course they're not standing together they're both on opposite sides of brianna Mm -hmm. brianna's who brings them together brianna is their light you know she's emanating this light but in front of claire's chair are like all of these cards that are perfectly facing the camera like when someone opens a birthday card they don't stand it up perfectly yeah. <laughs> right there on their dining room table they like lay it all down in a in a pile or you could right. put them on a mantle nope she just put them all in front of claire claire's not going to get to eat cake because there's perfectly lined up cards there so more evidence to the fact that we're going to see an entire life happen yes. for claire within this time frame because we saw the shot of graduation which is much later we mm-hmm. got to see this shot i think the shot of brianna when um claire's holding her pearls looks a lot younger all right, and then we got this really, really quick shot of Jamie hugging somebody. Hugging a little kid, it looks like. Yeah. Maybe, perhaps. And I think this is going to play into my sudden theory of the week. So mm. I will not, I will not um, 
comment on that. Okay. And then we have uh, Claire, of course, running. She looks like she's in her hospital garb. She's got some surgical garb going on right there. So some clearly trying to save someone's life. Doesn't perhaps. have doesn't have a little uh hat little hair covering though, or a mask. No, well this she needs to get 60. that man. She, she don't care about that. You gotta seeing a teaching. <laughs> Let's get real. And then there's this really interesting shot. Oh, where'd it go? Come on. All right. What the heck's going on here? It's so quick. I can't even get it. It's okay, like yeah, it's Jamie shooting. It's Jamie shooting some dude, uh, and it's inside, by the way, and perhaps a duel. Although I doubt a duel inside. It looks like this is a really rash act from it's a, Jamie. It's a very fancy house. There's, we've got this beautiful gold framed picture in the background. Yeah, what looks like either guests. I don't think they're servants. They're bo- they're both. I don't think they're servants. I think they're guests at some particular party, perhaps. And, you know, an okay shot. I think there might, it might be a duel. Uh, Look but at they, this guy. Who do you think he's shooting there with his white hair? Uh, looks this like, white-robed it, man. It looks uh, like... Right, white-wigged, I should say. It looks like somebody of, obviously, uh, high placement. Yes. And it looks like Jamie is not happy with this person. Uh, I would put this person on the level of uh, uh, the Duke of Sandringham. Uh, wow. And it probably is this person's house. I doubt that it's Jamie's. It doesn't look like something that Jamie would have. So, <laughs> you doubt this is... I will tell you that. Yeah, you know, this is not Jamie's house. Yeah, I'll th- give you that. That's what I'm saying. So <laughs> it doesn't look like something that Jamie would have. Thus, I probably imagine he is at this person's house or at a gathering and he's got some business with this guy. It looks like maybe he's wronged Jamie in some way. Um, I'll tell you what. This is this is this is Jamie. This is Jamie being a, a child of May. This is Jamie being a Taurus right there. He's yeah, pissed. I wonder if it happens to deal with the child that he is hugging from the previous capture, the previous scene. This I don't bullet know. Bullet looks really cool. They did some good CGI on it. That does look pretty. That good. little explosion. All right, so then we go from Jamie shooting to now Jamie is wet. This looks like a follow up after. Collada, and it's the same shirt that he was wearing uh, in the battle. He it looks wears like. like the same undershirt all the time. Like, <laughs> that, they, go, they don't have a lot of shirts. That's a valid point. He, he looks wet though. Why is he so wet? Maybe it was raining. It rains in Scotland. It does, and he's yelling for Claire. And so, okay. how old does he look? Uh, I would say this is young Jamie. I would agree. He looks very young. This is young Jamie, and um, and then obviously we have it says Outlander, and then the trailer is then finished. The end. The end. Okay. They've done a couple of things here. Um, they have tipped their hat that Jamie expects Claire to be where he is at the end of this trailer. He's calling out for Claire. And not Claire like, oh my God, Claire, like, I miss you. But like Claire, like looking for her. Uh, maybe he's in this fragile mental state, like a PTSD state because of the battle. And maybe he thinks maybe it was a dream. Maybe I screwed it up or hopefully Claire didn't leave, you know, thinking like, Oh, maybe if I go back here, Claire will be here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that to me is a little bit of a problem because it's tipping its cap in that it's showing you Jamie expects Claire to return and I as a viewer don't want to know Claire returns I want to think she might we we are left off with her saying 
I have to go back. The problem is, is that everyone has been saying until they return. Like, it's not even in question that they return. Everyone has come yeah. up from stars. So I'm sorry, all of you who are just show watchers, but cat's out of the bag. They're going to return at some point. The question is what and what happens between then. And what I really liked in this line from whoever it said in stars is... um the real the question remains when they find each other will they be the same people who parted at the standing stones all those years ago so it's not will they get back together it's how do they get back together who did they become in the meantime and are they still going to be as compatible right after they've gone through everything they go through right and so okay i mean you can glean that from this trailer and the issue that i have with this trailer oops excuse me teaser there's a distinct difference yes there is a distinct difference and let's go over that right now there are these things in hollywood that you have that are teasers and trailers teasers are meant to do what they say which is tease you in what is to come it's generally between 30 and 40 seconds it generally just touches on what the visual palette is and also the tonal palette is for the rest of the season or the rest of the movie or whatever it is. It just gives you a taste. The trailer is meant to give you a whole lot more detail in terms of story, again, visual palette, and then also what the plot will entail. So you're not going to get much from a teaser, which is the hard thing for this teaser, because if you recall in season two, they withheld all footage until they put out a two-minute, 14, 15-second trailer. And it gave you a good insight onto what was going to come in season two. This is only 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. And what it accomplishes is not very much. It just says, okay, they're separate, and that's it. The biggest transgression, in my opinion, is they use season two and season one audio. To highlight what's happening for season three. I liked that. <clears throat> I think as a tonal thing, mm-hmm. it's right. I, I think it's it's unto itself, it's a good little piece of footage. Like it, it, you get a, a basic idea that they're separate and hopefully they're living their lives and maybe you have a return. It They do give you that, but they all highlight it with previous season's audio and i think that's a mistake because again you are teasing the third season this isn't some fan-made trailer to tone out what outlander's about you're teasing the third season Mm -hmm. you have filmed you know at least half of the footage already and you have written out all almost all of the episodes already so you should have enough audio you have you clearly had enough Uh, video you clearly had enough picture so what are we doing wasting our time with season two audio it just it doesn't feel right to me it doesn't give you what i'm okay with it because of what they chose yeah but it's but it doesn't tell you anything other than i love my wife i love claire and i loved her well but see i like it because in none of these shots did we see claire and jamie together at all it's literally all about them being apart and well, the hardships they're not they going to show through. you them together because they i think they want to create some sense of separation between the two yeah but that's why i like that the audio was there yeah but if that's the case that audio comes from when the two of them were together 
And that, to me, does not scream season three. It should be audio of Jamie saying, where's Claire or yada yada. Or, and they, they do get to that point at the end, where him calling out for Claire, which mm-hmm. is nice. But again, it goes into – it then goes into the exact opposite of what they're trying to accomplish, which is showing the separation and then – that's it. They don't want to necessarily. I don't think they should necessarily tease that they're going to get back together. That separation should be, that should be, not final, but it should be ever present. And I don't see that happening in this teaser. Mm-hmm. And it's only highlighted and it's only exaggerated by the fact that they're using season two audio. That is to to use that as what is going to come for season three. Like if you look on YouTube, right. And you see a bunch of YouTube uh, videos that, that are made by people. What they do is they're like, all right, I'm going to take uh, season season two audio and video and put it together and make it look like a season three teaser. It's cheesy and it's not done well for the most part on, on YouTube, but that's what they do to get you know these fan-made trailers. This, to me, felt like a fan trailer or, or a fan teaser. And I feel like because of that, Stars and Sony and tall ships aren't giving the best of what they have to offer in terms of what they're trying to accomplish with um, uh, with, uh, with with season three coming. And then again, you also have to call into question why the teaser exists at all. And I'm not saying that they shouldn't have done it. I'm saying, why is the teaser there? And when did it air? It aired right before The White Princess because they want to attract certain viewers that are already in the mode of liking Outlander, Mm -hmm. which would be the same people who like that time period, which would be the same people who want to know more about this historical time period and that general field of a show. So they're saying, okay. let's get a lead in here of all the Outlander people because it's the most popular show that we have. Let's get a lead in for their trailer, for their teaser, and then hopefully they'll stick around for the White Princess, and that will get more viewers for the White Princess, and everybody's happy. Yes, that makes sense. The issue that you have is you're attracting people that who are serious Outlander fans. You're not you're not attracting casual Outlander fans because casual Outlander fans, you know, they'll catch it, you know, when it's when it's on. Maybe yeah. they, maybe they DVR it. Um, maybe. Um, they, you know, they, or, or perhaps they like the show, but they only watch it when the, the season's over. Those are casual fans. The people who are going to watch Outlander, the trailer on the white princess are the people who are like into it, dude, mm-hmm. people like you or, or I, or again, the people who are listening to this podcast. And if that's the case, don't treat those listeners or don't treat those viewers to something that is not of the utmost quality. It's not, it, you're not giving them something that is um, completely new. Give them something completely new. Give them, reward them, not just for some images that you get. And yes, some of the images are beautiful, but don't just stick to those images. Give them also the audio, something new that they can hear and go forward with as fuel to get through this drought lander it has been a long drought lander 
and it's going to be only even longer. It's going to keep rolling. And it could get, get even longer because of a potential writer's strike. So that's why I'm not this pleased with, with the trailer. I'm pleased. I'm happy. I think that there are beautiful shots. So it's something. It is something. Okay. I'll just be the optimist and you can be the pessimist. We'll make a great team. <laughs> Deal? I and think I that's feel usually like how it works. Every, in every listener of this podcast, you can relate hopefully with one of us. So that is our take on the trailer. As Blake has mentioned, if this writer's strike does happen, we are going to have a very special episode about what it could possibly mean for Outlander. Right? Yes. A hundred percent. So there you go. Uh, all right. I think it's time to close up the show. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no. Oh, oh no, my friend. sudden theory. Wait, my outlandish, outlandish theory. theory. Week. All right. You ready for this bad boy? My outlandish theory of the week is this. You see Jamie and Claire living their separate lives. Claire is married to Frank, obviously. And she has lived her life. She's going to give birth to Brie. She is going to um, be with Frank and they're going to have their lives separate. Jamie is going to have the same thing. Jamie, in my opinion, will live his life. He's going to get married and he's going to have another kid. And I bet who he is hugging is his kid. And I bet, I bet that who we, the guy he is shooting is about his kid. Something happened with his kid somehow, some way. And that guy who he shot is responsible for it, and he bangs him out. But the coup de grace, the whole reason for this entire outlandish theory of the week. Are you ready for this? I have to, hold on, I have to like put on a smile and look. All of you ask me, like, how do you not give anything away? I'm staring off at rhododendron bushes, drinking a coffee culotta, <laughs> okay. not looking Blake in the eyes. Okay, tell right. me your outlandish theory. The coup de grace. The coup de grace is he is going to get married to leg hair. And there is a reason why they didn't just bring her in for as a foil for Claire. They brought her in because she is getting married to Jamie. And it's foreshadowing for um, what was to come. And I don't know if he gets married to her because he's forced to or he just, you know, he has nothing else going on. But I'm telling you, he gets married to leg hair and it is going to be a big problem when Claire comes back. Like hair, a.k.a. Leary. Yes. So uh, that is my outlandish theory of the week. Interesting. So uh, that is that. Mock me. Please hang up and try again. That's right, Bonnie Prince. Mock me on that bad boy. Put it in the books. Are we going to see him? Put it in the books. Are we going to see Bonnie Prince? No. I think we're done with him. <laughs> R.I.P. R.I.P. I think we're done. Are you ready to close out, my love? Yes. All right, let's do it. So as we said, our next episode sadly might be about the writer's strike. So if it does happen, at least you'll have a new episode of Outlandercast to look forward to, guys. All right. Want to let you know, you need to be signed up for our newsletter. This is where we send you all of our information. We're going to let you know when our new podcast episodes are up, about our new blog posts, if we have any new giveaways, because we're going to have a giveaway, because guess what? 
it's my birthday month in May, and I just love to give give all the love away in my birthday month. Really excited about this. So sign up for our newsletter. You can find it at OutlanderCast.com. Make sure you're joined for our exclusive Facebook group, the OutlanderCast Clan Gathering. Just search that in Facebook, OutlanderCast Clan Gathering. And if you love OutlanderCast please consider becoming a patron of OutlanderCast. You can do that at patreon.com slash OutlanderCast or by clicking on our support tab at OutlanderCast.com. So that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash OutlanderCast. Let me tell you, you can donate as little as $2 a month and it makes a huge difference. A huge difference. We are able to pay for our babysitters. We are, how many, we're like $20 away from buying a new camera equipment for our studio. And for those of you who have been pulling your hair out at Blake because he hasn't at re- read at least Outlander, like the first book of the series, Blake is making a call to you. Blake, right. what is that call? The call is if we get to $650 on a monthly total on our Patreon, if we get there, I will read the first book. I will read Outlander. And even though it kills me to admit it and give in, like every person and like the million dollar man says from the WWF, everybody's got a price. <laughs> and if that's the case, I will tell you that I will read the book and uh, read Outlander if we reach $650 per month. And right now we are close. I think we're at almost at uh, $400, which would give us new camera equipment. But we would be there and I will read the book. So uh, for those of you, just just the first book, just only the first book. I will never, ever compromise what we do here uh, for the show. Uh, I will never read ahead. But only the first book. That's what will happen. So we can make this happen. Thanks to patrons. Thanks to even as little as $2 a month. But um, I want to really give a big thanks to some of our most gracious and generous supporters. The best. Ann Gavin, Bobby Franchella, Peg Cumby, Nikki Gastineau, Meredith Greenberg, Dana Mott-Bronson, Liz Turner, Marilyn Neenan. You guys were awesome. You rock our socks. Some of these people are going to be joining us on upcoming episodes. That's right. Really excited. So until next time, ladies and gents, I'm Mary Larson. My name's Blake. And you've been listening to Outlander Cast. It's a good thing I read ahead because... I almost said Battlestar Galactica because that's what Blake had in our show notes. And for those of you who don't know, I read exactly what's written in front of me. I'm Ron Burgundy. I uh, worked on television for quite some time and I'm just used to reading teleprompters. There you go. And I really am like Ron Burgundy. If you, I almost just said you've been listening to the Battlestar Galactica special. <laughs> that was our last episode. You need to clean up these Google notes before we post them. Go, go F yourself, San Diego. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, that's a quote from uh, Anchorman. That's right. So Blake's not being cruel. No. But, all right. We love you guys. Thank you so much. 